0: Kathy.
1: How are you? I'm on on now. (laughs) She didn't have her mic on. She likes to keep me quiet till the (laughs) very, very last. That was not me. (laughs) That was that was subconscious. You were on over here. She wants me quiet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I intentionally uh, turned the mic off. She controls
1: my mic. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm actually really loving this like spring feeling and longer day thing we've got going on. It just puts me in a better mood. Yeah, it's
0: nice. And you saw that the House voted unanimously to get rid of daylight savings. Yes. I just hope it sticks this time because I know well, they've talked about it. We before. have to wait for the Senate right. to vote. But I mean, the fact that zero people, I think, voted for it to keep it, I think bodes well yes. for... The outcome it's less depressing well and it wouldn't start till 2024 so we still have a, a couple a few more to go <laughs> two or three more to go but that's exciting so yeah. we'll see i mean i don't know how exciting it is we'll just see how that goes it's going to be very different
1: It will. To have longer days like in in the winter, that will be a little weird.
0: Yeah, some of us will forget about it. It's like, wait, what is off? What is so different? You know, and then you'll kind of remember it'll be one of those kinds of things. But anyway, I know that you were going to talk about a piece of merch that you...
1: (laughs) Remember I talked about that that horror merchandise store last week? Yeah. So I got an email. (laughs) Oh, boy. I just have to laugh because this is the type of shit that I buy just for fun. They have a limited, it's a pre-order right now. And I just bought, there's two options. Mm. You can either buy David as David or David as a vampire. So it's the Lost Boys figurine action figure. Um, and he comes with his, his bottle that he drinks the blood out of and the noodles. <laughs> so I just bought his little, I pre-ordered his action figure. So they, ha- they have Lost Boys action. Well, they started with David. We'll see if they get the rest of the cast. But What's the name of the company again? Uh, it's the Horror Merchandise Store. Let me okay. get the exact. So people know where to buy
0: it if they want it.
1: Yeah, horrormerchstore.com. That's great. I look forward to you. This, this is, is what happens when me. you sign up and then you get the emails <laughs> on your way to Trader Joe's. And, and I'm like, oh. Shit. I need to buy that. I have some money left in my Apple Pay. Let's just put it there.
0: This would be email marketing at its finest. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it does work. I know that everybody thinks emails archaic, but it definitely works.
1: They're only noodles, Michael.
0: And then the rest of us buy from the ads on Instagram. That's true. That's
1: <laughs> the other place. Where it's so scary. You look it. up one thing, and then the next oh. day it's on
0: every single. You're going to have 65 action figures from the Lost Boys coming from all the companies.
1: Oh, my God. You could have a whole collection. I'll, I'll put a picture up on Instagram when I get him in. He's pretty funny <laughs> looking. <laughs>
0: I wanted to mention the challenge that we're doing in our Patreon membership that I created one for uh, Women's History Month, and I called it Hysterical History Month Challenge. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I like to be humorous about these things. I mean, we're called hysterical in the movies (laughs) for the last 40 million decades. We might as well own it. We might as well own it. So what I did was, for those of you who, I don't know, want to give yourself a challenge along the way, is I put uh, 13 different female horror stars... And so they've got a everybody's got to watch a movie from one of those, a horror movie from that stars one of these women. And then there's the other half of it was things like your favorite female psychopath movie or, you know, create your top 10 female horror movies of all time list or, and then I always put in and then, oh, and I also did five female directed films, stuff like that. And then I put in some bonus options, of course, and a bunch of people have already put in one of the bonus options, which is read a female authored horror horror book and leave a review in our in our channels and that's really cool because a few people have done that and they've done it more than once and Mm so i love that because we love getting those kinds of recommendations but i wanted to read you the little list of the 13 women that i've chose this was this took me a minute i know you do great work on this (laughs) this took me a minute i made a list then i called the list then i edited the list then i did did a different list then i put so what i came up with lynn shea of course oh yeah Carmen Iogo, which I think is the way you pronounce it. I, you know, some of these I'm not going to do very well. Okay. Catherine Isabel Asia Argento, Argento, Octavia Spencer. Nice. She's done more than a couple. Yeah. Strangely, Carolyn Jones, classic. Ellie Church, independent. Lots of really crazy movies. Felissa Rose, dinner. nice. <laughs> Betty Gabriel, Chloe Grace Moretz, nice. Uh, Micah Monroe, Samara Weaving, and Diana Prince. Diana, the male girl, Yay, Darcy, Darcy, the male girl. I threw her in there. So I watched one from one of hers, uh, the new evil bong 666. Oh, I. Yeah, I've seen she the, was yeah. in that. But like I said, it was a very small part. And she was probably the best actress in the whole movie. She, I, mean, I think she's opinion. great. She was awesome. Yeah. So anywho, that's uh, we're doing that this month um, for March. Anyway, it's been fun. I wanted to mention it.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Real quickly, before I go into my one little thing that I have yeah, um no, sure. our our patches one are little thing our patches are coming in which means for those of you who have wanted hats and beanies and all of that uh we should have that in the next couple of months so I know oh. we've gotten a lot of requests for so the
0: patches are coming in but the hats and beanies
1: are next well is that what, you mean? <clears throat> what all what I can do is you know the the patches are really easy so if people want a beanie or people want a trucker hat all I have to do is have that put on it so it's really you know However, we want to do oh, it. Oh, I see.
0: You had you had the patches made to affix to the beanie. Yeah, and, so, and some
1: people Patch may them. just want patches for their jackets, Understood. their denim jackets. So we will have those coming in. They look like our tear talk label, but it's all stitched. So they're going to be the logo. Really cool. The logo. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: That's fun. Thank yeah. you for that. That's awesome. You're gonna hit your mic. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm trying to pull up this thing.
0: <laughs> I wanted to mention one. I think there's a. Couple of movies coming out that we're both excited to look forward to. I know yeah. I have a couple. Yes. Okay, but- go ahead. I said y'all. Yes. <laughs> uh, y'all. Yeah. Uh, I I'm looking forward to Jordan Peele's new movie Nope. Okay, honestly, and also I'm looking forward to X, which is Ty West. I don't one. know if I know that one. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. You know, I think it's out right now. Like it's literally out this
1: weekend, but I'm not going to see it in the theater. So, got it. And the one that I'm looking forward to, surprisingly, because I'm not a huge Rob Zombie fan, but he's doing the Munsters movie. I know. And it's going to be PG. Yes. So, he's <laughs> not going to be able to add his bullshit violence in there for no reason and we'll see what he's able to do with that i think it's gonna be clever sherry moon plays Mm -hmm. you know the the wife and all it's all of his guys all of his cast basically playing Yeah, without the rape
0: and pillage without the
1: rape and pillage and i've already looked at some just stills from it and i think it's gonna look really cool
0: well and i think that's great because i i really i like his visual sense i do too i also like the tone of the movies a lot of times Mm -hmm. I think he's clever and funny as well. Like when I've seen interviews and different things with him, I he was on the Howard Stern a bunch of times. You know, like I, I've I think he's got a lot more than just this brand that same he's created with the horror film. So I, I I'm excited. I, I love the monsters so Me too. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Yeah, but I was gonna mention X to you, the Ty West film, because it's a slasher. Nice. So yeah. you have to look that up. Yeah, it's got a very lot very of. Cool got a lot of folks in it so that should be a lot of fun When yeah. does that get when is well happen? it was it was released uh in march the weekend of like march 20th i think it got released on the 18th so you know uh it's not streaming yet but it's in the theaters as of you know third, oh, third weekend in march so okay I'll just see Bernie oh, snow, snow. Mm-hmm. kid cuddy wow look at all these people in this okay there you go. I can read that in 1979, Texas pornographic film actress Maxine Minx embarks on a road trip with her producer boyfriend Ray- Wayne, fellow actors Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole, <laughs> director <laughs> R.J. and R.J.'s girlfriend Lorraine to shoot an adult movie for the booming video market. So that's like the basic people that you have in the movie, and you know, the hilarity ensues as well as the blurs. As the blood, because it's a slasher. Of oh, so, course. Cool. That's your basic premise. So it's, you know, it's a period piece, but it should be quite funny and fabulous. I don't think it's going to be funny at all. I think it's a classic slasher, but mm-hmm. we'll just see. Okay. Um, the next thing we're going to do. <laughs> Everybody get ready. The little thing we like to call. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: what was that like to your ears today? I, I ha- Ow. Ow. Okay. Are you ready? I am. What culture created the ancient tradition of the scarecrow? Got it. The first known clown dates back to around 2400 BC. Wow. These clowns became popularized in this region around 2500 BC.
0: Wow. They were
1: known as the pygmies. <laughs> <laughs> so, what region? Yeah, are they from? Okay, I don't know. I don't know, but I'll be guessing. The original film title of this horror movie was Hunter. Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to play the villain due to his agility. The weight of the costume was two hundred pounds. The actor needed to be on a bungee to make him move more believably. What movie? was this. Hmm. So he didn't okay. end up playing the villain, but he was supposed to. Right. He was one of the first picks, I guess. Okay. So there was a record number of serial killings operating in the U.S. at one time. It, there were 189 known, which is some of like the most that we've ever known at once. Hmm. What year did this take place? Okay. And then the last one, Name just three. There's a bunch, but name three of the most common nightmare themes. Oh, like
0: in our real, our yeah. own nightmares, our dreaming. Yep. Okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay, that's. That's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm really interested in all the answers to those things. So we'll get those at the end of the show. What's going to happen next today is we are going to have a discussion about the flick Donnie Darko. And then after our discussion of Donnie Darko, we will go into all of our horror watches and reviews. So thanks for joining us and we will be right back. Love that cue mm, it's a good one i don't think i've played that one before mannequin uprising i haven't our, heard it before our house band as you as the, as the big people say that's it they're sitting here they're in not our, actually our live here. studio audience right now <laughs> but they do all of the music for the show and all the cues and stuff and i think i asked for like a like a slow groove like a softer groove and there it was
1: There it was pretty
0: awesome. Today on the show, we are going to discuss Donnie Darko, which is a 2001 R rated almost two hour movie. It's considered drama mystery sci fi, although we could debate the sci fi part. I think after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. It's currently on HBO Max if Mm -hmm. anybody wants to go out there and watch it. That's one of the many reasons why I thought it would be good for the show, but also just because it's definitely psychological <laughs> it stars Jake Gyllenhaal as well as his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal Mary McDonald's the mom uh, Gina Malone is in there I mean there's, there's a, a lot of people in it a lot of people in there that you I mean, Patrick Swayze for goodness sake oh, no he's great in it too <laughs> I mean one of the fun things about this movie is that it's it's got a lot of kind of weirdness to it it's like I don't know I enjoy that part of it, like creepy bunnies and, you know, time travel themes and yeah. Patrick Swayze.
1: It's really like a supernatural meets mental health film.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because I think one of the things that, and and by the way, as has already been <laughs> displayed, because of this movie being from 2001, uh, we are going to spoil it. So if you'd like to take a moment, go watch Donnie Darko or brush up on it before you listen to this conversation, go for it and come on back. Because... There, you know, there were a lot of teen angsty movies at the time, you know, that were coming out. But this one, I think, personally gave it much more of a confused sort of lots of despair, doesn't pull back, like more vivid crippling kind of mental health visual of the teen life like he's not happy and he's you know he doesn't think anybody cares about him and Mm -hmm. the only relationship that is like interesting to him is just this girl gina malone who he just met Mm -hmm. you know and he feels like she's the only one that cares about him not his sister not his family Mm -hmm. and that really Show. I mean, it's that heightened teenage, like I said, angst of that time, Dazed and Confused and mm-hmm. all those movies. But this one, uh, in my opinion, takes it to a more uh, like another level. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's like very highly sympathetic to me. He was to me too. Yeah. I mean, even though he commits all these crimes and, and there are moments when he's you know, seems possessed type of thing. Like if we're going to go with the horror themes, seems possessed. It seems like there's something odd going on there. You know, there ends up being these time travel themes and, and all of that in the climax of the movie, but it's that off feeling. You feel
1: confused as a viewer. You do. And like you said, he is endearing in a very depressing kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause you get that he's mentally ill. Yes, absolutely. It's, so I feel for him. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about like the early, and we're going to get into more of the schizophrenia stuff, which is more the mental illness, but, and he's too young to to be looking at any personality disorders per se. But I do know that some of the stuff that came up for me with him are even some schizoid uh, qualities, you know, because it's really, we're, we're unsure. We know that the family is, you know, not very uh they're they're a little disengaged but at the same time it's hard to tell whether he actually desires being close to people he he has some funny he has some funny interactions with his sister but he does appear a little emotionally detached and cold but we also know that a lot of these personalities develop because The their early surroundings did not reinforce any sort of engagement. So there's there's multiple things going on with him for sure. Um, but yeah. So I don't. Do you want to get into that
0: piece a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I did want to mention just you bringing that up makes you know makes me think about the movies. You know, like I was mentioning Days and Confused and Pump Up the Volume and Ferris Bueller's Day Off in Eighty Six and and those kinds of movies. Heathers. Know, yeah, Heathers. I think I think it's an a device in the film in the writer's mind to set him up as a misanthrope like that someone mm-hmm. who's you know he's got a bunch of guy friends that he talks to every day hangs out with that he kind of is portrayed as the leader of those kids and so i know he has relationships and he he t- attaches himself to this girl and stuff so i i get a sense that he's interested in in forming bonds at least in the beginning before his mental illness like really takes hold and the visions mm-hmm. and all of that come so okay. i kind of see the i kind of see an arc with that honestly. But I also see it as a, like a dramatic device too. Because in those other movies I was mentioning, it's very important that the character is, you know, that all the other characters in the film are kind of these caricatures. Yeah. Like the 80s suburban parents and, you know, and the, the sister who's mean and they're all sort of tropes, right? They're all very Mm -hmm. kind of, meant to have us as an audience feel for the kid who just wants X, Y, Z. Yeah.
1: And I I think to your point too, like, this is what I'm saying. He presents this way, but we know how the movie ends. He's deeply attached enough to these people that he did what he did to change the world.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like that's, that's the idea. So Mm -hmm. if you go with the sort of time bending Mm sci-fi piece of this movie, which is certainly the plot driven part of this Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a hero. Yes, he's a superhero, basically. You know, he is so masquerading as a totally mentally, a totally mad person. He's very the madness. So you can look at it as a as that time bending sci fi, or you can look at it as like the does this descent into mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. And so both things. So that ending with the playing crash Krat- and all that, oh, like he goes back and changes the world and that's what this is all about. You can kind of look at it like metaphor for maybe that's just the final disintegration of his mind, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so if you take it literally, it's this sci-fi, etc. cetera. If you, if you take it as the metaphor, which I, I'm imagining they want you to, that's the exploration of the movie is to have both options, right? To like mm-hmm. look at it as both. And I really do think like you could look at it as someone who has descended, lost all touch with reality. Mm-hmm. So yep. I don't know, but yeah, I think your point is, is really good that, I don't know if it's when the mental illness takes over and that's why the relationships aren't as interesting. Cause he cast a backup. He can't function anymore. Right. Like he can't, and that's that functioning issue that we always mm-hmm. talk about. Like he can't function in the relationships anymore. Mm-hmm. But I sort of did see him start out with that interest in that. I mean, he tries to like pick up a girl and have a girlfriend. Yeah. And then <laughs> he's just really awkward. And then he yeah. just is too different and to- his mind works too yeah. differently. And so it yeah.
1: doesn't really work out. Well, and it's also what show- why this age, it's so hard to um, diagnose certain things because some of it is – very age appropriate to be in this state of awkwardness. And sometimes we see, especially with males, we'll see an earlier onset of now schizoid is not just to be clear for people who are listening or not, don't have psych background. Schizoid is not a psychotic disorder like schizophrenia. It's a personality disorder, but it has a lot to do with, you know, not enjoying close relationships, being somewhat detached emotionally. I don't think he has that, but there's an element of that that he presents with. But as the movie goes on, like Shannon's saying, we start to figure out that some of this detachment from these relationships are because he has actually been rejected or who he is is intolerable to society. I mean, he's a very odd boy with likely with schizophrenia.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I did want to talk a little bit about teen schizophrenia in the context of this conversation, just so we're attending to that because that's what we do. So there's a there's risk factors for schizophrenia, right? So when you're looking to assess or diagnose someone this young with that type of mental illness, you're looking at, you know, biological relatives You're looking at um, autoimmune disorders, actually, having overactive immune system. You're looking at complications in pregnancy from the biological mother. Uh, You're looking at... I read one article that said something about having a biological father that was older than most fathers at the time of conception can be a piece of it. So there's all these... Very specific risk factors for developing schizophrenia. There's that piece. Always know that there's risk factors that one takes into consideration. And then, of course, there's what you see in front of you and the symptoms and what's happening. Mm -hmm. Things like withdrawing from normal social activities, which is what we were just talking about. Of course, lower functioning in school. Maybe the person was smart and then the grades tanked which can be a sign of a lot of things. So again, it's the whole picture seeming depressed or irritable is a piece of this. So a lot of people with more severe mental mental illness will get diagnosed with some kind of what we used to call dysthymia or like a lower level depression because they're irritable and they don't want to do the things they used to do and all that sleepy and they sleep too much or they sleep too little. That's another piece of this. So a lot of the signs of depression will be there. And most mental health professionals that don't have a lot of experience with schizophrenia of course are going to just are going to de- diagnose major depressive disorder because it's a it's a good starting point because all of those they will meet all those criterias most likely but the but again they'll be hanging out with a new group of friends and leaving old friends behind and then of course there's all of the unusual thoughts mm-hmm. that come mm-hmm. and so that's what we were sort of attending to is the awkwardness. You could call it a lot of people will say awkwardness. A lot of people will say he's a little bit off mm-hmm. or he's a little bit odd or he's a strange one. Or, you know, people will say you're a really weird, dude, you know, stuff like that, because he'll, they'll have unusual thoughts and then unusual actions that go to it. But then if you go, if you slide a little deeper into what's going on and you get symptoms like can't attend to daily activity, daily, um, Activity levels like they can't uh, they don't wash they don't uh, What we call ADLs activities of daily living Meaning we all brush our teeth. We well, hopefully we brush our teeth. We take showers. We get up We move about we work we do things like we eat So people will stop eating people will stop washing people will uh, stop getting out of bed again, can sort of be depression, right? Can Mm -hmm. slide into that. But then we go towards a social isolation. And then we get to what sets everything apart is the disorganized communication, hallucinations, delusions. Mm -hmm. This is what I meant by you could see this as a time bending sci fi, because that's great. It's a great movie for that. And it's fine. You don't have to attend to the mental illness part at all if you don't want to. It could be all for time travel. And mm-hmm. he did it all for the for the world. And then there's also this disintegration of Donnie's mind. And so that's what I meant by the delusions. It could all be a delusion that he was saving the world through going back in time. Doesn't that sound like something someone would believe who was not who was disorganized and was not in touch with reality Mm -hmm. and then so those kinds of delusions delusions that you have that sort of effect on the world super common and then the hallucinations of the creepy bunnies and all the other things Uh,
1: absolutely and then i just think also just in a more like um Uh, meta more so than just about his character alone is there's just we all I think at times have had fantasies about changing our realities and you know saving those we love or sacrificing things I mean obviously in the film there's it's very delusional and it's encompassed in his character and his mental illness but I think just from an existential place we have all fantasized about I wish I could go back and change that, or I wish I, you know, his is obviously to a level where it's really dark and, you know, psychotic, but I, I think that we can all relate to that to a certain extent, and I know when I was watching it, I was like, wow, how many times have I thought, like, I'd I'd want to go back to that place in time, or I'd want to change that, or if I could have stopped somebody from suffering, or somebody close to me, um, so that part, I just, the way that they they end the movie. I, I remember watching this movie years ago. I have to say I enjoyed it more this time.
0: Me too. I mean I liked so it the first time more. but I, I liked it the first time. I, what I remember about the first time. I mean it so certainly in, that bunny. You remember yeah. the bunny right? Yeah. But this time I enjoyed it a lot more. I, I do think a mature person's perspective on this movie no matter your age but if you have a an emotional maturity and an interest in movies that have multiple levels and, you know, can look at the world from different ways and you can appreciate the sci-fi part of it and the time travel and the existential issues and you can also appreciate the mental health part of this and really mm-hmm. feel for him. Like being able to absorb all of that from a movie really enriches this movie. And I did not, I mean, even though it was only what, 2001, I was a mature person at that point. Yeah, just but, looking at it very different, right? But I just yeah. looked at world, the life. I, yes. I mean, you just, you age and learn things. <laughs> and the world but, has also changed a lot since then. And the world has changed a ton i mean 2001 of course is the world that the world trade center was bombed mm. and so a lot was going on yeah and a lot has changed since that since that particular american event for us
1: one last thing i just want to throw out there and i'm going to talk about this more those of you who uh listen to who are Patreons and listen to our money, money <laughs> listen to our money <laughs> who listen to our Monday mini cast. Um, I'm going to talk about this more in depth. I'm going to do a piece on uh, threat assessment and, and um, just risk assessment and dangerousness. I'm going to talk a little bit about school shooters and things like that is one thing I just want to throw out as a little bit of a teaser here is, you know, they do, they do make him dangerous and we definitely want to be separating mental illness from dangerousness. Although people with mental illness can become dangerous, it's usually if they have some sort of paranoid ideation going on. And that is very different from some of the, um, the dangerous we, dangerousness we see with other types of offenders, school shooters, things like that. And so one of the things that we want to consider is no one just snaps, first of all. So when there is targeted violence, it's usually uh, been a long pattern of somebody's behavior, and, and people in their life have seen things that uh, when they look back, and sometimes we'll do something called like a psychological autopsy if they take their own life in the process, is that signs were ignored, And this is this can be very different from other types of shooters and and violent offenders that we see. So, you know, despite what we see or what we hear in the, the media, when we really look back and let's say we're looking at Donnie's character, there were a lot of warning signs about things that were just not right and ways he was speaking out at school and reacting and impulsive and you know, we're learning, thankfully, not to ignore that anymore. But you know, just want to kind of throw that out there as this, this, this is not uh, something that just happens because someone snaps.
0: No, that's really great. So we'll be going into more depth with that for our patrons on Patreon. So if you want to, if you're interested in more in, in depth into that, it's, it's as little as $5 to join. I think that's enough information given like you you can watch this movie from that perspective and also point out all the signs that led to the violence so that's what i mean by like this movie has all these levels right the sci-fi the mental health progression Mm -hmm. watching somebody progress that way and you're watching it progress from possibly a schizophrenic way but you're also looking at that violent progression and all of the signs and markers that somebody right. who's very uh, experienced in threat assessment would be able to kind of tick off as they mm-hmm. as they forensically really as they look back at it. like if someone was looking back and doing an autopsy on this event, they would be able to see from you know his f- friends and family telling them how his behavior had changed, they would be able to mark like how how that developed right. Bottom line, if you haven't seen this movie in a while, take our suggestion and watch it if you're in the
1: mood for that. Because it's got a lot going on I was for so it. pleasantly surprised. I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, yeah, I remember kind of liking it. And I watched it again. I was like, why did I forget how great this was? So this
0: is how this episode came about is I watched this movie a few weeks ago because it's a friend's favorite. And mm-hmm. so I just watched it. And I
1: was like, "Why have we not done an episode on this <laughs> I, I, movie? It's like a <laughs> forgotten treasure, you know. know it's like, like Shannon dug it up from the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Why have we not talked about? Well, this and movie? how how cute and little was Jake
0: Gyllenhaal? And I love his sister. His career. This is how he became know. famous. And Drew Barrymore is
1: in it. I forgot when she showed up. I'm like, oh, I forgot. She's the teacher. She's, she's teacher. so great in it. She always does great, even if she's on screen for five minutes. She's I know. Just like, and Jenna yeah.
0: Malone. I yeah. mean, she was really young in this, mm-hmm. and. Maggie, oh my God! And Maggie, she's so great as the sister. (laughs) Uh, She's hilarious. Now, this movie talks about being a comedy in some ways. It's really not funny, except for in that first act. Some breaks, yeah. That first act where they're setting up all the characters. I think it, in many ways, it's it leads you to believe that is is going to be one of those '80s suburban comedies that they did in the '90s. You know, in the '90s and the early 2000s the ones we mentioned before, it kind of leads you to believe that is what it's going to be, and then you just start to see him devolve, and it's like, oh, shit, this is not Dazed and Confused. No. <laughs> this is not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ain't no funny. Ain't no funny ain't going ain't on. no funny. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to come back and talk about our horror watches and most likely more psychology because that's what we do. Thank that's you so what we do. much we're listening. Oh, and the answers to the horror facts with Kath because I know most that's importantly. Why everyone listens. Okay. That'll wrap up the show. We'll be right back. We're back. It's books and movies, mostly horror, mm-hmm. but we throw some in every now and then. I know that I watched uh, *Turning Red*. Have you seen the animated *Turning Red*? No. Oh my god, okay. so cute! It's really cute. It's one of those feel-good ones. It's about a young, a young girl turns into a big red panda when she gets angry. <laughs> I've, I've heard. I heard it's very good. <laughs> it's and it's yeah. a good one. It's mm-hmm. a good one. And so, you know, mental health. We mm-hmm. could always do it. <laughs> we could always do a Disney version for maybe for the patrons or something of like Inside Out. Yeah. Turning Red. Turning Red. Mm-hmm. There's a few other ones. Up, there's a few, like there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, Disney is big on the psychological themes. Anywho, back to horror. Oh, and I, before we go back to horror, I did end up watching West Side Story too. And I see what you loved about yeah. it. Yeah, West Side Story is not one of my favorite musicals and it's Same. still not. Same. <laughs> Even after watching this, it's still not, but. But a really good movie, if yeah. you, especially if you like that story. Really good movie. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so books. Tell me about a book. So I have, uh, a, well, this one I've been talking about, but um, I have one that I'll talk about that I haven't started yet, but I'm excited to. It's A True Crime by Nicole Trope. The book is called The Family Across the Street. Uh, It says, sometimes the most perfect families are hiding the most terrible secrets. How well do you know the people next door? Everybody wants to live on Hogarth Street, the pretty tree-lined avenue with its white houses. The new family, the Wests, are a perfect fit. Catherine and John seem so in love, and their gorgeous five-year-old twins race screeching around their beautiful emerald green lawn. But soon people start to notice. Why don't they join backyard barbecues? Why do they brush away off to babysit? Why, when you knock at the door, do they shut you out rather than inviting you in? Every family has secrets, and on the hottest day of the year, the truth is about to come out. As a tragedy unfolds behind closed doors, the dawn chorus is split by the wail of sirens, and one by one, the families who tried so hard to welcome the West begin to realize Hogarth Street will never be the same again. I chose this book because I grew up in a suburb, and I love uh, movies like Summer of 84 and all of that that have to do with stuff that goes on in really close knit neighborhoods and all the secrets yeah. of white suburbia. And yep. and there's even a white picket fence on the cover <laughs> of the So I'm this I think this is gonna be just an easy, fun read, but yeah, I'll it looks small. I'll let you know as I go how I like it. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Who did you say the author? Nicole was? Trope. I've okay, never great. read anything by her before, but it's, it says a totally unputdownable psychological thriller with a shocking <laughs> twist. <laughs> I imagine that's in the thriller section. Yes. I noticed the
0: last, time, the last few times I've been in the bookstore, the thriller section is just massive. I know. It's ridiculous. And there's really. a
1: lot of like what you call the potato chip ones oh, like this. Where you just, that's how I found Darcy Coates. Yep. I mean, just like easy reads. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I'm. I just started another Scott Sigler book. You guys might remember I. I read some Scott Lig- S- Scott Sigler a while back, and for those of you who don't know, Scott Sigler does a lot of his books originally as podcasts. He'll he'll write as he goes and he'll write each chapter and he's been doing it a long time and he's got a bazillion books. So this is the first book in the Generations trilogy and it's called Alive. So for fans of The Hunger Games, Divergent and Red Rising comes a gripping sci-fi adventure in which a group of teenagers wake up in a mysterious corridor with no knowledge of who they are or how they got trapped. Their only hope lies with an indomitable young woman who must lead them not only to answers, but to survival. And so I've only just started it and the first few chapters are indeed them waking up to like a what the fuck.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah and it's a trilogy right so mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of his books are more than one book he goes on and on and you know he does these podcasts and he'll do a chapter a week so one of the things that you might one might like about it is a, at least the couple of books I've read so far from him is the chapters are really small okay so you can You can move through it. Like if you're doing something, you could just read a quick chapter. It's just like the podcast, right? He like, I like that, you know, weekly, it's like little bits and pieces. And then it just builds this bigger world. But it also psychologically, those little chapters help. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I have with Darcy Coates, at least in the couple of books I've read now by her, in this one series, so, and I know you've read a couple of other ones, mm-hmm. but neither one of us had read a, has read a ton no. of hers. So, but it' been a pretty long chapters. So. Yeah, <laughs> so, but her fonts are large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just don't know why yeah. you know, they, the publishers decide to do certain things with certain authors. And it's like, OK.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy because if you look at her chapters are very long, but if the size of the fonts like something you'd read in fifth grade.
0: Right. But these are definitely shorter. In okay. other words, if you were to read it out loud, like these are, you know, 15, 20, 25 minute chapters and hers are 40, 45, 50, you know. Yeah, So that's true. Anyway, I want. I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say so far so good. Good. I enjoy him as a writer.
1: So I want to just do a check-in on Secrets in the Dark, which is the Darcy Coates book that you and I have been watching. I mean, list watching, mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, did you finish it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I'm about 150 pages out from the ending, but I know we've been checking back in about this book because there's two more after this. After finishing this book, do you feel like you want to go on to the third? I do. Okay. I do. Because I'm at a point now where like – we're, they're now moving into the the world of what's actually happening, right? Yeah, they're
0: going from the micro level, micro world to the macro world, we're finding out what's happening in the world. And they're kind of going into Yeah, yeah. And and I definitely do. Let me just qualify my statement. You asked if I wanted to read the third one and the fourth one. I definitely do. Like I'm in it now.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel the same.
0: I feel like I'm in it now. So that's part of the responsibility in my mind. Mm -hmm. But it's not like I have to read it next right away. Same. So, that just like if you guys have series that you are okay with just reading the next one in three more months, type of thing, that's how it feels. It doesn't, f- I don't feel an urgency. No, me neither. Even though she's pretty good at the cliffhanger, she's pretty good at sort of saying, like, here's what we're going to do in the next book. Yeah. And she does that with this one too.
1: So, maybe then when I finish this, we can start the third at some point together. That'd be great because okay. by then I might actually but you might need a break <laughs> i don't know uh well i will but i'm, I'm if i <laughs> finish you've been taking breaks all along yeah if so i finish it in the idea. next week then you and i will be right around the same you know yeah maybe so okay um are, do you have any other books you want to talk about no nope, no. Nope. okay i watched um pieces of her the series with tony collette
0: uh it's on my list how was it
1: <sighs> okay So Mm -hmm. let me just read to you what it's about. A woman pieces together her mother's dark past after a violent attack in their small town brings hidden threats and deadly secrets to light. Toni Collette is one of my favorites. Me too. And I will watch anything that she's in, which is why I watch this. And I loved the, the true crime thriller component of this. But I could not get past... How terrible Bella Heathcote was! Oh no! And I think it's how she was directed. And I looked on some platform reviews that said the same thing. That if it said, if she continues to be in this, I won't be able to finish the series. Oh no! And I think what happened was because she's um, pretty good. Agreed. I don't know if they purposely they made her very childlike in a non endearing kind of way. Mm almost like childish. Okay. Um, and you know, she's f- putting these pieces together of her mother's past and, and there's a twist at the end. It, it, it's a, it's a little predictable. I think you'll probably guess it. I wasn't trying to, to be honest, but I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the rest of the show, there's a lot of really good, I would watch it. Um, there's a lot of really good, uh, components of the show and Tony Collette is fabulous. And once you get past the first, there's eight episodes in the series. Once you get past the first three, it's more Tony the first three is like Bella's carrying it with just flashbacks of Tony. Oh, I see. I see. And if you don't like her character, you want, you I, wanted to to <laughs> I wanted to give up four, I wanted to give up. Okay. But once they start to bring in more of her family and more of her past and Tony starts to uh, Laura, Laura or slash Jane is the name of her character. She then kind of takes over and it gets better with like, bits of Bella but I was really because Bella Heathcote doesn't bother me she's but the way that they directed her okay. she's whiny she's bleh.
0: <laughs> it was tough it was tough and it sounds like you looked at some other people's perspective and that was kind of an overwhelming feeling
1: I w- yeah I, I was like "Am many is anyone else feeling like I couldn't figure out I couldn't put my finger on what was bothering me and then when I went into the reviews I was like there that's it is and it was me. like off the charts I hate her is yeah yes I hate thing. her character I cannot stand watching her yeah gotcha so I'll be curious to hear what you think about her character
0: yeah I did plan on watching it I haven't signed on to a lot of new series lately for some reason yeah. i'm just not feeling that like okay because i feel this like okay i gotta at least watch three or four hours of it yeah then that's a that's a thing i haven't been able to commit i to have this a
1: week. i have a good commute to usc twice a week and sometimes i'll just put it on even though i'm I am watching the road. I will put it on sometimes. Cause it oh, helps me get through like an SUVs. hour and a half.
0: Those big SUVs have the TV yeah. on for their kids all the but time. It's a great so. way
1: to get through some of these series. And so anyway, um, I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you think. Cool. I
0: watched the new uh, movie. No exit. Okay. 2022 drama, mystery, thriller, horror. I don't know why it doesn't say horror. Cause there's horror elements for sure. 95 minutes long consensus, I guess, on Rotten Tomatoes is No Exit isn't quite a white knuckle ride, but it may provide just enough mileage for viewers seeking reasonably diverting popcorn thrills. Okay, so that's pretty lukewarm. In No Exit, Havana Rose Liu from the movie Mayday. First of all, I'd like to say that she really is a reason to watch this movie. It, it, it Correct, it's not the best movie you've ever seen in your life, but it's a 95 minutes It was pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she... Uh, this is her feature film, like leading role debut as this ca- character, Darby, who is a young woman en route to a family emergency who is stranded by a blizzard. So it's a. It starts like you think it's going to be an isolation horror, and it sort of is, mm-hmm. but it's not a strict isolation horror because okay. there's a- several other characters, but they are all. In this one location in the middle of a blizzard. So it's got the snowy thing, if yeah. you like the snowy cold thing.
1: Those can be good.
0: Yeah. And so she's she's forced to find shelter at a highway rest area with a group of strangers. Now I will say the setup, you know, a lot of times the reason why somebody is going where they're going, the reason why they get stranded is you go, ah, oh, I just don't buy that. Like it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, this one is not like that. This one is a pretty good setup. You know, okay. it's not bullshit. You're like, okay, I could, you know. Yeah. Yes, maybe some of us would have decided for a different <laughs> outcome, but like I think most of us would have done what she did. Yeah. She finds, she's led to this shelter in a highway rest area with this group of strangers right and so then you kind of meet the group of strangers when she stumbles across an abducted girl in the van so what happens is the basic setup is she gets there she's stuck with all these people she goes outside to try and find I think she goes outside to try and find bars on her phone to Mm -hmm. make a phone call but there's in there and they all said oh there's this one spot where you can kind of maybe get half a bar or whatever so she goes out in the snow in her coat trying to find it she's walking around like with she's got a metal detector she's like trying to figure out where the bar is Uh, not that kind of bar. The phone bar. And- <laughs> That'd be kind of a funny way to fu- uh, find the bar, though. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Alcohol.
0: No. Uh, so, and then she ends up behind one of the characters' vans. Okay. And there's an abducted girl in the back. And then that incites the life and death struggle. what happens and I won't tell you who it is and I won't tell you who the kidnappers are and I won't tell you what the little girl's doing there you know all that's the story worth a watch yeah I think it's worth a watch because we watch a lot of horror movies and so I I enjoyed it actually it's not getting like rave reviews and I don't think it deserves rave reviews but it's got he she's really good in it there are a lot of scenes there's some gore uh definitely mystery thriller there's some what are you doing moments you know there's like get the fuck out of there you know like there's those moments uh uh, somewhat predictable of course but if you watched a lot of horror like i'm sure a lot of our listeners have somewhat predictable but you kind of don't know what's going to happen necessarily but my my reasoning for you watching it would be for her performance
1: okay no exit yep Maybe I'll watch it and review it next time. Let me know. I have a list of She'll be stuff. Like, that was trash. Some of these are um, not out yet. I know there's two that I'm waiting for that you want me to watch. <laughs> 892 <laughs> and The Hatching? I don't
0: know. Sure. Yeah, you, yeah, both of those are good. They're not out yet, though. No, no. You had the
1: ability to see them. I did.
0: All you had to do was buy a ticket. Not you, necessarily. I just mean, like, people. I know. You
1: know, one of these years I'd like to go with you. Yeah. it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um is that good on that one? (laughs) Okay. go ahead. Uh, but I want to make a comment though about what you said. We do watch a lot of horror and there's a lot of stuff to weed through because, uh, and I'll even talk about the bad stuff I've watched. Just cause- Oh, I got one that's real bad. Oh, okay. Up. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I got one that <laughs> just I watch saying. a lot of shit. Cause I don't, I mean, I think it's funny too on our, on our discord. We all have, in some ways we have similar tastes, but then in other ways we have very, very different tastes. And some of like the profound stuff that you guys watch, I'm like, I just really need to be dumbed down with the slasher or, or giallo right now. And- And
0: we have a couple of patrons that are right there with you. Yeah, exactly. So when we have certain evenings with that kind of stuff, we all watch it. We do. Like the core group all watches all the things. Yes. And then if you're not the person that likes that, you're the one making jokes about it and vice versa.
1: That's the best part is when we have the, um, the, the commentary, when one person's really into it and the other person's like... God, please take this away. Stab my eyeballs Why is this on? (laughs) Yeah. I watched a movie called The Privilege. Um, This movie is a German film from 2022, so it is new. And it's quite gory, actually. I'll give you the synopsis. As a child, Finn not only witnesses, but also is a participant in his older sister's death at the start of The Privilege. The event still haunts him to this day, and now as a high schooler, he's still in treatment for visions and anxiety. But Finn is also aware something is off in his home, and his twin sister Sophie is acting strange, stranger and stranger. When her boyfriend dies under mysterious circumstances and she begins to retreat further from him, he and two female friends, Lena and Samira, start investigating. The reality they uncover is much more sinister and hard to believe than they ever imagined. This one is um, pretty dark without giving too much of it away you it you end up figuring out that they're trying to keep this and this certain entity alive that's been in the family for generations that's Mm -hmm. quite demonic okay and some of these younger kids are being used as hosts so he thinks you know the medication that he's taking is for his mental illness Mm. it's really to preserve him so there's some um it it's has some cult themes it has some supernatural themes and some horror themes if you can you know if you don't mind the subtitles i don't know if it's dubbed or not i can't remember which way i watched it it's long and it it, it, there is a little bit of a slow burn until it gets like you know 65 percent in but i actually thought it was kind of good you were gripped i think so it was it was just really dark and messed up and the first um 50% 50% of the movie, you, you really, you know something's off, you just don't, they don't give too much away too fast. Understood. I watched the movie Mansquito. Oh. So we're
0: flashing back. We've Is done this a- the really good one that you watched? We've done some... <laughs> We've done a bunch of. We talked about some a few new movies today, which is always awesome. And now we're gonna flash back to 2005 horror film, 96 minutes long. Yes, you heard me correctly. Mansquito, like mos mosquito, mansquito. While trying to find a cure for the West Nile virus, a scientist turns herself <laughs> and her subject into mutant insects. Oh, God.
1: I want to see what they look like. Don't you want to watch it immediately? Well, I just want to see what they. I gotta look at these effects. Yeah, please do. Called what, ma? I'm not even like like. Say, mom? I said it
0: twice. Mosquito, man, mosquito, man. It's a man. It's a mansquito. Oh God! So the body count's high. The gore is pretty regular. The gore is not bad. Oh God! The effects are. Mm, The effects are independent movie effects. They're
1: actually quite gross. But they're not. They're
0: gross. And they're, you know, it's an insane kind of plot. It's pretty outrageous. It's pretty stupid. Uh, I don't know.
1: (laughs) I'm looking at the. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What does it look like to you? what do you think of it? Just looking at the photos. So the reason why I picked it is because I do watch some trash with some friends and listen, this is kind of a solid watch in a way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i mean it looks i would watch it just for the terrible effects I'm i not thought it lie. was going
0: to be a lot worse than it was and i did end up giving it three stars because i oh, would actually watch it again yeah yeah i mean i mean with others let me just say that with others so police lieutenant detective thomas randall's steady girlfriend dr jennifer allen is Dr. Aaron Michelson's main assistant on his pharmaceutical firm, Bellion's Research Project, to cure the highly contagious fatal infection. I think it's called Gwynin. That's the name of the infection. Though. Okay. COVID, whatever. If it COVID was mosquitoes. <laughs>
1: God, that'd be horrible, right? At least I you could
0: see it coming. Right? Well, there's that. You, and you definitely see this coming. Uh, a convicted murderer who Tom arrested is one of their special drug test subjects, but escapes. Of course he does. The convict and Jen are affected by radioactively altered DNA from an experimental reactor used on mosquitoes, which transfer quinine, queen, Probably oh, quinine. Okay. Sorry. Get it. The, con- the convict soon mutates into a mosquito like monster, which sucks its victims dry. You will enjoy the mosquito because you like these kinds of effects. You know, a man in a mosquito outfit, only better than that, like a bit better. I mean, of course, you can tell he's like walking there. You know, it's a mosquito. It's a mansquito. It's a mansquito. Like, the name delivers, to be honest. And that's not always the case. As we know, we've watched werewolf movies with no werewolves in them. (laughs) So, (laughs) by the time Tom and his junior murder brigade partner, Charlie Morrison, figure out what happens, Jen starts mutating herself. So... There's mutating. Oh. There are transformation scenes. I mean,
1: they kind of look like The Fly a little bit.
0: That is the inspiration here. So you can't compare it to The Fly because that script is oh, actually good. Yes. I'm just saying. And the effects are good. I'm just saying this isn't a gem in that sense. <laughs> it's not like, oh my God, I found this low, like, low budget The Fly. That is not what I found. <gasps> but that is definitely the inspiration because the effects are are like that. Okay. And so, like I said, I would watch it again if you're into that kind of thing. I will uh, give it a shot. You, you might. You just okay. might. You just might check it out. <laughs> I just might. Is that all you got? Yeah. All right. Then I would like to know something about something. You're going to tell me about scarecrows and serial killers and clowns. So what culture
1: created the ancient tradition of the scarecrow? Like part of the world? Yes. Culture? Yeah, okay. Um, hmm. The Egyptians. that That's correct.
0: Oh, hey, I guessed. Thank you.
1: The first known clowns date back to <laughs> around 2400 BC. These clowns became popularized in the, in this region in 2500 BC and were known as pygmies. I mm, Region, right? Yeah, again, just area of the world. Mm-hmm. Asia. Egypt. Oh, right. (laughs) You know, with me, it's always going to be Egypt. I know. Um, So there you go. That was not on purpose either. I just thought that was, that was a cool fact. Both (laughs) Scarecrows and clowns come from Egypt. Who knew? (laughs) Uh, The original film title of this horror movie was called Hunter. Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to play the villain due to his agility. The weight of this costume was 200 pounds so the actor needed to be on a bungee to make him more believable (laughs) what movie is this
0: (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know (laughs) i don't know i really don't know predator oh okay that was a massive costume that makes sense no i've heard stories about how awful how awful yeah that was
1: that and I actually like did know
0: husband. that, and when I when I put it all together now, I actually do remember that I remember them talking about how Jean Claude was going to be, but I was so glad he wasn't. He's kind of short too. That that's maybe why they didn't. Yeah, I mean, to make him that tall and that big, he would have had to carry on two hundred pounds of like like lengthening
1: <laughs> to make him tall. I just think about how hot it was probably in that thing. Yeah. All right, number four. There was a record number of serial killers operating in the United States in this year. There were 189 known at this time. What year are we talking about? 1986. So close. Was I? 87. Oh, see? Yeah. Amazing. And then lastly, name three of the most common nightmare themes. Mm, Falling? Is
0: that a theme? Um, That's an action.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's related to a bigger theme.
0: Dying? Mm-hmm. Is that one of the themes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so falling is dying?
1: <laughs> dying, I or, mean, dying or death.
0: Okay, dying or death. Um, I'm going to say, like, uh, violence or aggression or something like that. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Um, I, uh, fear of failure, stuff like that. Cause I think a lot of people have like failure, helplessness,
1: uh, it might come out in a metaphorical way though. Think of a theme that some feel like I hate when I, that happens in a, in a dream. Right. Well,
0: I know that. Uh, so I was thinking of that when I said falling and okay. then I, and then now I'm thinking when I said failure, or helplessness, I'm thinking of, when it's like you haven't learned your lines and you have to go out on stage. Or oh, that's naked, a good one. Or you're naked in public. Naked in, naked front of in people. public. Okay. That's another one. That's, yeah. Okay. okay. So that's like embarrassment, I guess, is yeah. the theme there. The or emotion. just like exposed. Exposure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Embarrassment. Um, One more. And confusion. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I here with no clothes on? I don't understand. Um,
1: (laughs) without the lines I've had that too (laughs) or I've had a a one repeatedly that comes back every couple of years that I cannot remember my locker combination in high school and I'm at my locker and I'm like fuck I I, what number you know that's awful (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's awful and then
0: um I mean like health stuff like uh like, I'm thinking of when people have, you know, lost. <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but, you know, in your dream, you don't have a face or you don't have a leg or your teeth are falling out. There it is. Or oh, okay. Teeth are falling
1: out. All right. Okay. So you got teeth falling out, dying or death, falling, and naked in public. <laughs> okay. So, being, all right. So I got there. <laughs> being chased is another one. Yes. Uh, yes creepy yes. clowns. Bugs, snakes and insects. I've had really weird dreams where like the snake is massive or I have a crocodile in my house or for really. sure car crashing and um, seeing dead people. I had a dream shortly after my mom's best friend passed away and she was like family growing up like another mother to me. And in the dream, I mean, it, it could couldn't have been more real where she just walks into the kitchen and my mom goes, look, Kathy, she didn't pass away. And she would, it was, I woke up and it freaked me out for two weeks. It was really really strange. It was just a few years ago.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I always like when people or animals who have passed are in my dreams.
1: Animals for sure. Yeah.
0: I I, I like the people too. I think
1: if this would have been a year or two after, but it was like right after her passing. So it was really ominous. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, dreams
0: are about affect too. So if your affect in the dream was that you got freaked out, right. Then that's the feeling you'll have. Yeah, it wasn't
1: like a reunifying, like, oh, because I've seen my brother who's passed. Mm -hmm. He's been, that hasn't been, I think it's because it was so close to her death and it was an unexpected death. Yeah, yeah. That it was one of those, like, it just freaked me out. Nope. Yeah.
0: I totally get it. That's pretty common human experience. I imagine people listening have had that experience where they're either comforted and they wake up going, oh, it was really nice to see them. Or yeah freak freak the fuck out all freaked out (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the show today this has been an episode of terror talk my name is shannon and i'm
1: kathy sleep safe everyone